0: it's the next level.
1: And welcome to this issue 128 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck.
0: And from the capping crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin.
1: If you haven't been able to tell by the sound quality, it usually changes anytime Rob and I are sitting across the table from each other, which, you know what, the more we do it, the more I actually enjoy it because of the fact that the conversations get a little bit more entailed.
0: They do. It's it's we we well we have the opportunity to play off of each other a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little bit nicer.
1: Yeah. I and mean, because ordinarily we do this via Skype, which is fine. Works perfectly. Uh, maybe
0: we just need to start doing video when we, we record. I think that might help. Maybe. I'll maybe know, we'll but, see.
1: But I mean we'll see. I mean if we live closer, this would be probably a common occurrence like probably every week.
0: Yeah, no, it, probably you know,
1: but it's it's fine. Um and when I say live closer, it's not like I have to catch a flight to get to your house. It's <laughs> like a forty minute drive, but that's fine. Uh, But this week, since the Arrowverse is on break and we're heading into the holidays, we figured why not take a dive into Titans uh, on the DC Universe streaming service. So that's what we're going to do over the course of the next couple
0: weeks. I think three weeks. I think we're doing three episodes today. We're going to do four episodes, then four episodes for the full 11 episodes, which just wrapped up this past Friday. Yeah, and we're only
1: two weeks away, I think, from Young Justice Season 3.
0: Yes, correct. Uh, But we're not going to talk about that until spring. Yeah. So, uh,
1: cause we need time to rewatch seasons one and two.
0: Yes. Not because we
1: have to, but because we want to.
0: Yes. No, definitely. And we do know officially for Young Justice, we have another time jump, like season one to season two. Um, there's a new trailer out there that shows a few things. So I would recommend, if you're a big fan, to watch that because, uh, there's a big character reveal that is in there. So I didn't even post that on the page because it felt like it gave way too much away. Yeah.
1: So. Cause a little bit of a, uh, a little bit too much of a spoiler before a
0: character becoming the next step in their evolution of of you know, a legacy to becoming a legacy character. Yeah. You know what it's
1: funny cuz I have I just got my hands on a good number of the DC animated series <clears throat> and posted them to the streaming that we that we, you and I use and I have a lot of stuff that I'm going to be watching over the holidays. I just got my hands on now m- granted all, I think all of these are on the DC Universe streaming
0: service. Yes, and I honestly own all of them in DVD still.
1: Yeah, so. but I got the digital versions of what, Batman the Animated Series, New Adventures of Batman, Superman Animated Series, uh, Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. So, yeah. in addition to Teen Titans and Batman Beyond, which I already had.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, with the exception of Teen Titans, that's all part of the the Bruce Timverse, which is fantastic. Because uh, it's all coherent plotline in the series. So, uh, and Static is actually in there too. Static Shock is yeah. is tied to that world, so.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm going to be doing a good amount of binging of DC and DC Animated Series and, and things like that over the course of the next couple of weeks. But as you mentioned, we're going to be covering Titans for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll cover episodes 1 through 3 today, uh, and then 4 through what, 7?
0: Uh, yeah, 4 through 7.
1: 4 through 7 next week, and then seven, 8 through 11 the following week. Because I think we initially thought this was going to be 12 episodes. Right.
0: And it actually is 11, 11 episodes. 11 we we episodes. even said last episode. We weren't quite sure on that. But that has been confirmed. Last week was the finale, uh, which was the Batman um, appearance, finally.
1: there There is a little bit of confusion on some of it in that the title of the season finale uh, a number of articles out there were posting the season finale as Batman versus Robin, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm seeing a number of listings that the finale was actually titled Dick Grayson.
0: It is. It is titled Dick Grayson. Okay. I, I think it was the trailer. The, a lot of the trailers said Batman It was just what they Robin. called Batman right. vs. Okay. Because all the episode titles are all, usually it's, it's the characters. Like, one of them is called Rachel, one of them is called Raven, one of them is called, I think, Corey... Um, or coriander. Jason
1: Todd. One of them Donna is called Troy. Jason Todd, Donna yeah.
0: Troy. Then we see one is called Hawk and Dove. One's called Hank and Dawn. Yeah, things like that. Which
1: so. I'm excited to talk about Hawk and Dove in this. Yeah, we haven't
0: It's because we we did review episode one uh, the week after it first premiered. Yep. Um, and I think it was it was to get you guys all excited for when we did this, and I think it's not going to make as much sense to do that with a lot of the other premieres. Well, we'll see. We're going to see how we're going to address that when it comes in. I think it'll be harder to do that with Young Justice. But I think maybe when still like shows like Stargirl will still do the episode one review, the swamp thing, we'll do it that way. But I think the animated series are a little bit more difficult because there's a lot more... Well, especially with Young Justice, there's a lot more weight because the two seasons that came before yeah. it. They think it's a little hard for us to review in a single shot. Uh, and this is, a, this is a fresh start when, this when, when fresh it comes start. to talking the Titans. Yeah, I mean, and so. talking the Titans. Um, the Titans?
1: The Titans. Yeah, I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think out of all the series, though, that since we started this podcast, this is the third? Fourth. This is the fourth series we've actually had an opportunity to talk about from the start.
0: Right. We started with Legends of Tomorrow. It was the very first show. And then Supergirl... Right. Fallen afterwards. Well, no. Black. Supergirl was already a couple episodes in, I believe. Okay, so
1: then this will be the third.
0: Right. Because Supergirl, Legends,
1: Black Lightning, and Titans.
0: Supergirl, uh, we started and kicked off, I think, around episode seven or eight, originally. Okay.
1: But well, we were still in the first season right. of it Supergirl still, when we started. It was still
0: season one, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, Arrow and Flash had already... Arrow more so had been established. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like when we get the opportunity to talk about these shows from the start.
0: Yeah, so uh, including <laughs> Powerless in the mix that everybody forgets was a show. Oh, God,
1: that's right. I <laughs> even forgot about Powerless. <laughs> And yeah, it's it's funny too because I've been rewatching uh, episodes of Community a lot lately because I still adore that show, and Danny Pudi being a part of that and being a part of Powerless, I completely forget that he was in Powerless it because was, I forget that Powerless exists. Well, it was
0: funny because uh, I before we get into the review, it's um it's, this was a chance to say a special thank you to everybody. Like I said, we're now almost twelve hundred followers on Facebook. Yeah. Which is fantastic. So, But it was funny because I was going through our old banners because I set up a post originally to say kind of a thank you 1000. You know, when we crossed it and for some odd reason Facebook didn't post it. But I actually had a slideshow of all of our original banners from when we first started (laughs) the page, which was a flash image for our our banner. And then it went into, you know, some of the early ones with the steel background, which were a little bit more simplistic looking. And then it was immediately after that was the first big graphic one that we did. That had the powerless, and then it, the slide changed to the same version without with the, powerless. Well, it said with the big canceled across. Where it, <laughs> That's right. It said powerless. <laughs> I um, forgot
1: about that pattern.
0: But yeah, it was. It just made me laugh because I thought it was just a really fun kind of look back at our page.
1: You know what it is? I, I think it's because we around the time the powerless was on, we tried getting Alan Tunic on the podcast. And because he didn't come on, the show got canceled. So that's <laughs> well, that's a good indication that anybody well, to re- that we reach out for from well, now you on, reached, come on the you reached
0: you reached out. Maybe that's why it got canceled. You did have a couple couple actors on the spotlight before that came on, and their shows. Look, we're Bye not going to talk
1: about <laughs> how they came on the spotlight. That was the show cast spotlight. That wasn't the spotlight. But still, yeah. So uh, just a note: if we reach out to you to come on the show, come on the show, and your show won't get canceled. Thank you, John Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> we for coming on twice, uh, he'll get his own spinoff now because he came on twice. Uh, so let's talk Titans or, a little bit. Um, I don't know how are we going to format this. I think we have, let's, we have let's three make,
0: episodes. Let's talk about it maybe as as a whole, as a, as a block. Okay. Let's um, and because when we get to the very end, we'll give our full score of the season. We'll do of the a,
1: season so far.
0: Yeah Okay So let's not review this The way that we normally do With like how we would Rate the episodes We'll we'll do it Kind of like Think of this as A three part annual Okay Like this is part one Of the Titans annual
1: Okay I like that idea uh, I'll still go through And I'll, I'll talk about The the titles of the episodes I'll give the rundown The synopsis of each one And then we'll Jump into the discussion Because yeah We've already talked A little bit about the premiere So We gave it a good score And we did So now we'll continue on uh, With the other ones uh, but the three episodes that will be included in the discussion today will be episode one, Titans. Uh, Dick Grayson has found a new home in Detroit when a girl named Rachel is brought to him with serious problems. A young, na- a young woman named Corey Ander wakes up with no memory of who she was. Uh, who she is, rather. Uh, episode two, Hawk and Dove. A new threat is after Rachel as she and Dick arrive at the home of Hank Hall and Dawn Granger, where a complicated history resurfaces. And episode three origins, Rachel is rescued by Corey, who then takes her, uh, takes her. Well, it should be to a special sanctuary. They forgot to. While hunting them down, Dick thinks back to the day when Bruce Wayne first adopted him. So, as of now, we've met, we've met four of the Titans.
0: Well, that's and that's the core. We know that's the core team. Yes, that since they've been billing the show. Um, we've met, but we haven't really. We've only really explored three of them. We've only explored point. three at this point. Like yes. I said, those being Rachel, uh, Raven, uh, Corey, uh, Starfire, yes, and Dick, obviously Robin. Yes. At this point, I too. think the only one uh, th-
1: we've met Gar.
0: We've met Gar a couple times. We see him at the end of episode one when he is breaking into the the electronic shop yeah. uh, as that green tiger stealing video games, and then we see him make an appearance in episode three. We get
1: a little bit more of him in episode three. A little bit
0: in episode three of the Roller Rink where we see Rachel playing the Twilight Zone pinball machine, which is a fantastic pinball machine, by the way. (laughs) Uh, It made me really giddy when I saw that. I'm like, next to the Addams Family, that is like one of the best machines. And I could go on about that for a while, but I'm not going to do that here.
1: (laughs) But this is the first time we're actually seeing him interacting with the other
0: characters. Uh, And we see he kind of takes a liking to her pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, I like your hair. Yeah. As they both say to each other in that scene, which Um, which was really nice. And then, you know, immediately that breaks up because Starfire's stealing Dick Grayson's car. So Yes. So so where do
1: we start? I mean, again, we've we've gotten a number of the characters together. Uh, Well, we've gotten, again, we've met the four core. I know we're going to be meeting some other ones as time goes on. Uh, Episode four, which we'll talk about next week, we're going to be meeting the Doom Patrol, which I'm excited about. Uh, we've that, met
0: that all minus one character is recast for the the new Doom Patrol the, show. All but one. All but one. Who's a, Alasta Woman is the only one that does not get recast. Okay, so I guess does that mean if we see the Doom
1: Patrol again in season two of Titans, it's going to be the new cast?
0: Probably. Okay. Probably. So
1: um, it makes me wonder why they didn't cast them. Did they not realize they were going to do a Doom Patrol show? Then I guess maybe I when a they feeling were feeling that, was
0: the, I, have, I have a feeling that that was the because. They announced a Doom Patrol show while Titans was filming, so yeah, I think it's
1: maybe they had already filmed the Doom Patrol episode, realized they wanted to do a Doom Patrol show, right, and cast them, right. For it. And I think
0: maybe it was also this, this the discussions of DC Universe and how big it was going to get. We didn't know about the Harley Quinn animated series at that point in time. I like, think we knew about Swamp Thing. We knew Swamp Thing was there. Was rumors it was coming, but I don't think it was officially announced. Announced. Man, can I tell you how excited? It's it was. kind of interesting too because we're talking about you know Garfield, you know, um, aka you know. Beast Boy. Yeah. Um, But uh, we're going to get into it in a few episodes, but I think around episode 9 or 10 of Titans, he is mentioned to be an emissary of the Red, and what's interesting is somebody brought up a really fun point that he is kind of the linchpin of the DC Universe live-action shows because they bring up him as the emissary of the Red. Obviously, if you're familiar with Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing is the emissary of the Green. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also him being a member of Doom Patrol, Which is where Beast Boy originally came from, kind of connects him as the connecting point to Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol, which is pretty neat.
1: Do we think we're going to see him in Swamp Thing Uh, or not? Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol as a member, as maybe a member of the Doom Patrol who leaves the Doom Patrol.
0: It's possible. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe do see a flashback, flashback, because we do know the way that we even see in in Titans. Here is Titans is a very flashback heavy show uh, because they're kind of telling a concurrent story. Uh, but then cutting back to previous events where you're finding out a little bit more about Dick Grayson and his life. We saw some history in Episode 2 with uh, Dick, Hank, and Dawn, and their mm-hmm. previous history. And I know later we're going to see some of that with Donna Troy and Dick Grayson, so on and so forth. So a lot of those pieces do connect. From what I understand, we do get a lot of those flashbacks as the series progress, kind of giving more uh, more history about some of these characters. Okay. So we are going to see that continue where it's one episode is going to be very strong about the present day, and then the next episode is going to cut back into um, stuff that's past a bit.
1: I think one of the things that's worth noting too, as we continue with on continue on talking about these episodes as we go through and review them, is that it, when it comes to watching them, we have only watched the first three episodes at this point. Yes, we haven't watched the whole season, and now we're going back and talking about them. right. We, Where, are, we have
0: knowledge of things that will happen, but, but this, you and are I have not seen him, Beyond Episode 3.
1: We And when we get to next week and we start recording about Episodes 4 through 7, we will not have watched, at least myself, have not watched past Episode 7. Only because I don't want what happens in a future episode to cloud to, my to cloud my discussion. review of so far or even kind of make its way into the. it was really hard to stop I, spoke,
0: I will say that it was very hard to stop in episode three
1: i said that to you earlier that yeah. i because i saw that teaser for next week's well next week for episode four's doom patrol episode and i really wanted to go on i was like no i, I kind of have to have some self-control and i got to stop because i don't want it to cloud what we have so far
0: yeah no so, i agree i agree. Okay. Um but what was, I think, really interesting, though, that we got... Since we did talk about episode one, you can go back a couple episodes if you want a more in-depth conversation about the first episode. But um, now that we have three episodes so far, what are you thinking of... Let's go through the characters. Okay. At least the, the main three, and then we'll bring up Hawk and Dove at the end. Um, at this point in time, what do you think about the interpretation we're getting of Dick Grayson?
1: Um,
0: I think this can be said for
1: all the characters, but what I'm really liking about the characters is... This is such a departure from what we know of Teen Titans, especially in pertaining to the cartoons or the animated series and the animated films and stuff like that, in that it's very dark and brutal and gritty. Um, Dick Grayson is a character who, in all honesty, I've never been too familiar with outside of Batman and Robin. So seeing – because even like Young Justice and, and Teen Titans are relatively new to me. Over the course of maybe like the past three or four years, so I'm still relatively new to this, but I'm liking this. Uh, so everything I ever knew of Dick Grayson and Robin stem from Batman, from Batman the animated series, from uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, which we don't talk about that often.
0: We try not to talk about Batman yeah, we Forever try not to as well. that <laughs> so.
1: I, I kind of like Batman Forever, but Batman and Robin, I I kind of try to pretend doesn't exist. And So, this is a completely new side of this character. But I'm really liking it, to be honest. I like the brutalness of it. I like the fact that this is a character who tried to emulate somebody that he looked up to, but then started to see flaws in that, and decided to go his own way. Which is exactly how he becomes Nightwing, to begin with. Right, I mean, we're,
0: we're kind of... This story seems like it's a little bit of the old George Perez... Um, the new Teen Titans, where we do see Dick Grayson break away from Batman and find and establish himself as Nightwing by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, This show is a little bit of the new Teen Titans and then a little bit of Batman and the Outsiders, a little bit of Titans because uh, Titans is those characters no longer, obviously, teens mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit more grown up. So it's kind of a nice blending and mesh of this. I mean, one of the things that I will say about Dick Grayson and he is
1: he is no longer Robin,
0: um, but that gets me excited
1: because I think in season two we could see him suit up as Nightwing.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's going to be what it's going to build to. But we from from what I know is we have a very broken Dick Grayson by the end of this season.
1: I would expect nothing less.
0: Um, yeah. And we're going to see that continue to evolve where he finds himself. And I think my hope is he ends up becoming that Terry almost Terry McGinnis esque. Mm -hmm. character that that's the best correlation I can say for anybody that's not as familiar with Dick Grayson as a character I mean again if you watch Batman the animated series I think it's the best interpretation of of Dick that we've ever had um you know we see him a little bit more like 1950s golly gee kind of yeah uh and even the Batman the animated series but again though too like you do see him wisecrack when he's fighting and we do see him take a more serious turn as Nightwing, even in Batman, the new, uh, the new adventures of Batman, you know, in mm. uh, that season four when we see Tim Drake come in as the young Robin in that animated mm. series. So we are kind of at that Nightwing point that we see in the animated series with him already here. But one of the things I will definitely say is if you're a fan of Teen Titans, especially the Jeff Johns version of the Teen Titans, you can see that DNA all over this the way that the characters are written feel like a Jeff Johns written project. And we know how heavily involved he was in this project. Yeah. And, and as far as being a creative director and helping write and draft some of the, the screenplays and stuff. So he had a big following for his team Titans. And that's what made him so well known in DC, DC universe as far as comic book writing was his run on team Titans. That's what elevated him to writing things like, Crisis, well, not crisis. There's Infinite Crisis, and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth, and later things like, you know, Green uh, Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth, and all these other things that made his career just explode into the role that he has now. But Titans was the start of that for him. That was what really elevated him. And and again, you're seeing that DNA all over this project, which makes me even more excited to continue. So I will say, is different interpretation of Dick Grayson it's a logical interpretation of Dick Grayson done by one of the writers that knows his character best. Yeah, So I'm, I'm really pleased with what they're doing.
1: And I will say too, one of the things I did realize going through and watching, because this was my second time watching episode one, my first time watching episodes two and three, one of the things that we had brought up last week when we had talked Elseworlds and we broke everything down and the announcement of Crisis on Infinite Earths, one of the questions that was brought up, not just by us, but I've seen in many different places, is what shows are gonna be incorporated into Crisis? I think it's pretty clear in my mind... uh, Titans will not be one of them. Only because they are two completely different... Not necessarily universes... But two completely different types of storytelling. And I don't think you can combine the two... In an effective way. Yeah. I I think if you were to bring Titans into the Arrowverse... For an Infinite Earths kind of storyline... You would either, one, have to really pump up... The the greediness and brutalness of the Arrowverse... Which isn't going to work on a CW show... Or you're going to have to severely tone down Titans, which I think
0: completely takes away. It'll lose from what they have already. It'll lose a lot of. I think what again. I hate to keep bringing this up with the DNA of that show. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it's really involved and invested in the way and direction it's taking things. I mean, there was a moment that was a brutal moment in, in episode two that was that made you cringe. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I know exactly. Um, but, the moment you were talking but about. We
0: we also had a really good laugh here when we watched it. Uh, it was when we are introduced to well, it's the second part of the fight with Hank and and and, and Dawn, Dawn yeah. where you know Dick comes in to save them, and um, we we see a pair of scissors uh-huh. or, like, go into a man's crotch, and I was just like, I said, oh, Dick stabbings, no, and then Kat just laughed, and just because obviously the pun <laughs> um, pun involved dick of...
1: stabbing a Dick, which yeah. yes, <laughs> so. But yeah, so um, okay, so we we talked a little bit about Dick. Let's um, in more ways than (laughs) one. uh, Let's um, let's let's, Corey. Let's talk about Corey. Yeah, Um, one of the things I'm really loving what this show is doing with Corey is put aside the fact that you know she looks like a prostitute, which you know has been noticed. In
0: but we have we we do know that's going to change. Yes, it's the costume design on that though too. ...matched what was happening. You saw her working with a nightclub owner... it looked like it was... A, ...kind of like a Russian disco... ...is basically what it was. I mean, even the music that they used for... ...anytime you saw Corey in the first couple episodes... ...were actually harkening back to that... ...that music choicing too. Like, we saw... ...like, some classic disco music playing every time... ...you even saw... ...and that's
1: one of the things that I was going to bring I up... I love cool. the fact that they go back to that 70s disco... ...not only just with the car that she was driving... But every time you see her, that music that's playing, the the, the soundtrack to the episode, anytime that, she's in it, is that seventies. It, it
0: was heaven. Funk. Heaven must be missing an angel song yes. playing consi- uh, consist- uh, consistently in her first big, you know, episode, which was great. Yes, uh, and I thought that really worked well. I, I think, and I will will say this too: Anna Diop, I think so far has been stealing the show. I do too. Um, I, I would agree with that. She's got a lot of heart. She doesn't take any guff. And
1: as Rachel put it in episode two as well, episode two or episode three, uh, she's a total badass. When she's you see the diner scene. She's badass, yeah. yes.
0: Um, she's awesome. I really thoroughly enjoy her. We do know we see her uh, suited up in the more traditional Starfire suit with the straight hair later on. Mm-hmm. Um, we but do you know what's what? coming.
1: But the attitude of the character and the way it's portrayed, even if the look didn't change, I would be funny. fine with it. I'm, I would
0: be totally fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm yep. really, like I said, we were saying even in the beginning, do not judge this because, again, they even said, this is she's wearing the clothing she is because of where she was at the time. We have not seen them stop. Like, they have been on the run. Since this whole thing started, yeah. so it's there has not been time to to change clothing or anything. I mean, we, we have gone consistently from Dick leaving Detroit with Rachel. I
1: think it's only been a matter of a,
0: of a couple of days, if that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's maybe two days total, yeah. maybe three days total. Um, and they they stopped at a motel. Um, in the end of episode one, or and then. They went to Washington, and they were there for maybe a day, and then they end up in um, Chicago. Yeah. And they end up in Chicago. So well, well it's... not only
1: that, but the character, she's somebody who just awoken. She just woke up from whatever, from now realizing that she doesn't know who she is. Um, and over the course of maybe a day or two, as you mentioned, uh, she's been concentrating more on finding out who she is and who these people that she's connected to are, it doesn't really leave a lot of time for fashion. Yeah. You know, so she's going to, she's she's got other important, she's got more important things in worrying about how she looks. Right.
0: Yeah. And I, I, again, but I think she is really succeeding as being the, the breakout so far. Uh, and I think what we've, the little bit that we've got of Beast Boy so far, he also has a high chance of doing that too. Like he, you can see he brought the few scenes he was in, a real kind of sense of joy and a kind of cut through how dark and gritty the show yeah. is.
1: He's a he's a lighthearted element that we, I, we're we going to get more
0: and of. And it's going to be necessary because the only really lightheartedness we got came from characters that aren't really lighthearted, which is the nuclear family.
1: The nuclear family. And which, we'll get into them in a few minutes. Yeah.
0: But um, but I, I think really they're succeeding completely with establishing these characters and making you become invested in them pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and especially, I think kind of our plot point through all of this is Raven. Um but like I said before we get to her, we did see when uh Corey and Dick do get to uh, a storage facility in episode three, where Cory basically finds all the stuff she's been stashing and kind of her quest that, to find Rachel. Um we start seeing the alien language appear. Mm-hmm. I think what I don't know if this is what the case was but they had there was a tanning bed in there there was which I thought was maybe this was them saying you know starfire really is orange and this is her trying to blend in um I think that could be very much possibly what they were hinting at
1: I, I don't know I don't know I kind of took it almost as if it's really not a tanning bed but it's something else it might be almost kind of like well, a- I'm, I'm
0: thinking it has something to do with her her kind of disguised to look like normal, normal folks, because so we do see her glow orange. But it's a question of, because I know that was a big thing a lot of people were concerned about. It was like, well, Starfire has orange skin, all this stuff. So I'm wondering if that's maybe them finding ways to work work that through a little bit more. I don't know. Okay. I mean, like I said, it's I generally don't know what, they're, what that was trying to do or say, but I think that we'll find out a little bit more about that soon. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm very
1: I'm very curious how, when it does happen, how they're going to approach yeah. the alien aspect of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I because the don't show know. is very grounded, so I, I don't know how they're going to approach that. But, I mean, this is a universe with Batman and Superman, so they have to know that the presence of aliens exists already.
0: Well, we also see Don Granger, when we see her in Episode 2, wearing a Superman shirt. Yes. Which was kind of interesting. So I'm very kind of curious on how much of the DC Universe we know exists. So I do know... There's a conversation that happens in the Donna Troy episode where Donna and Dick are talking uh, and we're meant to believe that Diana and Bruce are having a conversation downstairs, that they're not allowed to be So we know
1: that Wonder Woman does exist in this universe. Right.
0: So obviously that's the case. And we we do have episode one here as well. We do see, you know, even the thugs when there's that, we go back to that first big fight and first reveal of Robin in episode one, um, all the thugs waiting for Batman to show up. So... It's grounded only so much. It it, it it is grounded in the way that everybody knows that. But you're all also these but but, DC I mean, heroes
1: but the characters that are mentioned so far, with the exception of Superman, which we just see a T-shirt of. Um, you know, Batman, Diana, uh, aka Wonder Woman, are heroes from this world. So we don't know. Well, if anybody watched
0: the finale, we do know. Okay, all right. Because we do know that there are, is more than just those Earth. Earth heroes, or even if they're from Famascara, uh, we do know that Kryptonians exist. Okay. Alright, good. I'll say that much.
1: Alright. Man, now All right. I want to get to the finale. <laughs> so I going to keep watching. Um, okay, so let's talk about Dawn. Okay. Uh, and, A.K.A. Well, Raven. No. Well, Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Sorry. Yeah. Not Dawn. Uh, we're, we'll talk about Dawn and Hank uh, in, in a couple minutes. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Rachel and Raven. And what are your thoughts on the way that they're because, again, you're more familiar with Titans than I am. I do know who Rachel is. I do know her background, uh, her father, her mother, and what she, in essence, really is. But I'm more curious in how you feel now that we've gotten a little bit more of her story, especially after episode three and the way that episode wraps. How do you feel they're portraying the character?
0: I think the they point? have her down... Almost perfectly. I think the actress that's portraying Rachel is, is really doing a fantastic job. I think the big thing right now, though, she's really more the plot device than a character. I think that's the my only criticism so far of her. We get all these little pieces of her, but I think at, by episode three, we really don't know much about her because she's still trying to uncover what's going on for her. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing her more through the lens of characters like Dick Grayson and Hank and Dawn and Corey versus watching much of her, with the exception of the end of episode three, is I think when that that layer drops off and you start seeing her struggle with what's inside of her and who she is mm-hmm. um, when she's locked up in the, in the convent by the end of episode three. Um, I mean, we do see that very much she is a survivor. You know, I think that's really clear that she is, you know, she's willing to do whatever it takes for herself. She has a lot of inner guilt. Very similar to Dick Grayson, I think. I think they mirror each other very well mm-hmm. so far from what we've seen. But I think we've 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 barely scratched the surface on her character so far. Yeah, um, I, and because I, I think again she is kind of the through the through line through this season, really more than anything she's else. The,
1: she's the linchpin that's bringing them all together, right? And so yeah, so I can definitely see how she could be treated more as like a plot device than
0: I, an actual character. I, I, we're going to see her, I think, become a more fleshed out character through the remaining. Because I think
1: by the end of episode three, we're really starting to see that because one of the biggest things about her character, both in the comics and in the animated series, is that she does struggle from time to time, not necessarily in Teen Titans Go, but, you know, the, the other animated series and comic books, again, like I mentioned, one of the things that she struggles with is the demon inside, her, aka her father, who does every, occasionally take over. And it becomes a situation that she has to handle. And I think we get a little bit of a touch on that by the end of episode three. Um, we do know that she's able to overcome it in the comics. So I'm sure that's what we're going to see in the series as well. But I like the fact that they're actually diving into that aspect of her backstory already into this three, into this episode three.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, I think that all in all, we're going to see, again... Much, much more from her, and yeah. we're, we're going to get, it, again, a, a very deep character by the end of the season. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, the only thing I can say is, you know, the, the struggles that we've seen in T Titans Go, it was really fun to watch her try to watch My Little Pony and not get caught. So her struggles were real in Titans Go as well.
1: Yes. So. Oh, well, okay. I you watch Teen Titans Go more than I did, so you would you would be more familiar. No, it's with a
0: fantastic. Oh, it's such a fantastic show. <laughs> I love that show.
1: After watching Teen Titans Go to the movies,
0: though, I'm tempted to. to watch t- the you. Series. You should. You should. I'm, I'm tempted to start adding it, especially because we know that 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 plot's continuing from the movie in the show this season. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm definitely. I think I'm gonna have to jump into Teen Titans Go. It's a fun show.
1: Um. Okay. Um, so thank you, Okay, do, do we... I think we kind of talked... There's not really much about Gar we can talk about. Um, no, there really isn't. And yet. anything that we can, we, we really kind of brought up already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's talk about Hank and Dawn.
0: Um, we, we see, obviously, two heroes that have been doing this for quite some time. We see Hank, his body is beat to hell.
1: And, and you know what? One of the things I really liked about that episode and really shined a light on what... Something I'm really enjoying about this series is the fact that we are seeing, you know, anytime you see the movies or you see the animated series and things like that, we you, you see the hero go out, you see the hero fight, the hero returns home, and, you know, it's just another normal day by the time they
0: return home. Oh, yeah. There's, there's two amazing scenes, and I'm pretty sure I know the ones you're going to talk about. The,
1: these are characters, though, that we're seeing... Actual repercussions of being superheroes—they go out, they fight, they get stabbed, they get shot, and now like they're home in a bathtub injecting stuff into their bodies so that their bodies can survive.
0: He's he's injecting anti-inflammatories into his knees. Yeah, you know. In addition to that, like we see in episode one, after that that the brutal beatdown Robin gives to a whole bunch of thugs. Having to, like, wash his suit yes, wash wash the, the, the logo, like, his, his basically his... His throwing yeah, stars. His, his yeah. throwing stars. Like, washing the blood off of him and, and putting them back into his suit. Like, I love the fact, because we never see things like no, that. No. It's just another day. Like, everything's
1: back to normal but, as soon as they've returned But, I home. mean,
0: like, Hank, like, they're they're out of money because Hank needs to have a hip surgery. Yeah. Like, like it, you don't think about those things. Like, he got so beat up that, like, his body is just breaking down. Yeah, And it's the fact that even, you know, like Dawn and, and Dick have that conversation saying things like, you know, we're still good out there, you know, like, and he's just kind of like, you guys should hang this up. Yeah. Um, but we see that that's actually something that Dawn wants too. She does. And she wants, she wants this to be the end. And, and Hank's just trying to get this last, last job to just give him enough money to, to be able to survive and have a normal life. And they just haven't had that. Yeah. So, and I think... I think the relationship between Hank and Dawn was fantastically done. Yeah. But I love the fact that we get that anger out of Hank that like we do in the comics. Like he had some serious demons and we see him become a massive villain in the DC universe down the road. Many, many years after, you know, Hank and Dawn are no longer together after Dawn's death in the comic books. And we see him become monarch and all these other characters. Uh, You know, you see that that's already there. When you see Hank, you see him struggle really heavily with his his anger, his temper. Yeah, you know it makes you wonder. Still, when we see more of uh, of Hank and Don later, are they going to bring up the original Dove, his brother who dies? Uh, all these pieces. So oh, really- the original
1: Dove was a was a male.
0: Yeah, it was his brother. Okay. It, it was. Um, I Han- wasn't familiar with that. Hank and Don. Okay. Hank and Don Hall. Uh, so uh, I'm very curious if they're going to bring Don
1: and Don's not much of a stretch.
0: No. <laughs> That's much of a difference. Um, but again, I'm very curious if they're going to do that. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that'll play out. Or
1: not. Well, we do know there is potential for a... a
0: Hawk and Dove spin and Dove spin-off. There's been a lot of, lot of ask for it. But I will say, I think those two actors in the one episode they had, I was so sold on that idea.
1: And we do know that there is a Hank and Dawn episode coming further in the season that is actually their origin story. So yes. it'll be. There might be something mentioned. I think it's th- episode nine. I believe. I think. You're, I think. You're, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anything comes up during that uh, to see if there was uh, episode nine. You're right. Then um, potentially of a brother or something.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious to see this play out, but I think they really did a great job with them. They're, and their co- their costuming for the two of them was yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, so far I'm, I'm really impressed with the visual look of all of the characters that they've done. I mean, like even seeing Beast Boy, he he's wearing some of his clothing that we see traditionally for him in the comics. Mm-hmm. Even though it's something simplistic, it, it fits his character completely. Yeah. Um, and the little pieces of of Raven's costume are already there. You're just not seeing him in full. Same thing with with. with Corey, you know, we're seeing a lot more her traditional, like, you see that gold necklace with the green gems, all those things are there in her current, present-day clothing, so when we see her make the full transition later, it's really exciting to know that that's coming. Yeah. But those those elements already exist, and I think they really thought through all those pieces incredibly well so far in these very first three.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, and, and that opening scene of, of Hawk and Dove with uh Hawk, you know, chained up, and just the banter between them, and like... It, You know, we're getting F-bombs flying and just his complete attitude. Like, It's funny because this was one of those episodes where I I, I was initially watching that first episode, listening to what he was saying as he was chained up and trying to find some humor and humility and everything that's going on. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, if I were a superhero, this is probably what I would be doing. And then you get to those later scenes where he's really angry and he's got a lot of anger issues and things like that. And I'm like, okay, I kind of take it back now. This is probably not how I would be. Yeah. But if I lived that kind of life, who knows who I could have been? Yeah. Like, um, I could have been the
0: same way. Yeah, you know, when we get into a little bit more of the plot stuff, because it, it falls really heavily into episode two, when we do see Dick and, you know, interact with Hank and, Hank and Dawn, um, one of the big key pieces we do see here is him pretty much making the comments I heard is like uh, to Dawn specifically saying, oh no, I've changed a lot. You know, I'm trying to, trying to refine myself and she sees him fight in the field. And, Robin, again, brutal fight. yet again, we we mentioned him taking the shears into the guy's groin. You know, we see him take one of his throwing swords through somebody's eye. Like, she even makes a comment, is like, you have changed. Like, this, even, like, you could take it that, like, Hank and Dawn, like, Batman didn't even like Robin hanging out with because he thought they were kind of the bad kids. They were a little too extreme. And we see how far Dick has gone since that moment.
1: That They're tame compared to what he is now.
0: And they're kind of shocked by... The way is. I mean, we even hear Hank refer to 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 Dick as a psycho um, after that yeah. fight. Like, like what? Is well, wrong I think with we.
1: You? I think even in, in episode two, we see there's a news report of them reporting on Robin having actually been in Detroit. Yeah, and. There were people... The news report even says that consider Robin to be a psychopath. Yeah. So, I mean, we're seeing... And this is actually the first confirmation because everything we've seen of Robin since episode one has been this brutal force. But this is the first confirmation in seeing it through the eyes of other people that we're getting that Robin has changed. To us, he hasn't changed because this is what we know of Robin from episode one. Mm. But this is the first time we're getting confirmation from other characters that, yes, this is indeed a darker, um, more brooding... And brutal Robin in this universe than what has been known already.
0: And we know from episode two, we do know that Robin has killed somebody. And we do hear him say to, to Rachel it was very much an accident. And we're probably led to believe that that was Tony Zuko uh that he he murdered which is the person that murdered his parents okay uh and i think that's some of the story work that they're starting to they do kind of
1: tease that a little bit in his in the flashbacks of his origin
0: story yeah we we do see him when he's with child services when he runs away from wayne manor after he steals the porsche which was fantastic yes uh a little bit of a jason todd moment it felt like a, a little bit but again i can also see that with with, with dick grayson yeah
1: um
0: uh, but we do see him uh Pretty well, much I say mean, he, he it, wants to go out and find the people that killed his parents. Yeah.
1: I mean, and we did see... I, I hate bringing up this movie again because I know your thoughts on it. But well, I Batman, mean, again, that's, in,
0: that's, that's, it's it's part of the DNA of that character.
1: In Batman Forever, he steals the Batmobile. Yeah. So, uh,
0: it now it's just a point. I mean, in, even in that movie, in the animated series, we hear him wanting to go after Tony Zuko for yeah. being the person that was responsible for killing his family. Um, you know, these have always been the through line. You know, Batman Forever, obviously, when they changed that to be Two-Face, but... You know, we we do know it's traditionally Tony Zuko, and we're that's who we're probably led to believe when the person he most likely ends up killing. Um, because we do see that DNA starting to build with Bruce Wayne, and I love the way that they're they're framing Bruce. It is this this massive figure, but they keep him kind of as a shadow. And I love that idea. Well,
1: because there's one yeah, one scene in particular when he when Dick uh escapes well not escapes, but gets Kind of runs away from from Bruce, from Wayne Manor, and we see that shadow in the window just watching.
0: Right. But then later we also see, too, where um, Dick comes back to the manor at the end of episode two or three. I think it's episode three. I think so. Episode yeah. three. Uh, because that was titled, I think, Origins. Um, where we see him read the note from Bruce, kind of like, hey, you know, there's another way that mm. you can do this, you know, um Revenge isn't the, isn't, isn't the best answer. There is another way. And we see a person standing in the archway behind him. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. Uh, you see the suit and the, the face is covered in a shadow that you couldn't quite tell. But you know but it's Bruce Wayne watching him read the note and all these things. But I love the way that they're doing that. I think that framing is perfect. Because I think having that interaction direct will take too much away from Dick Grayson's character.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I...
0: that was a really smart move to avoid... Using Batman. It, and it's, so, it's sort of similar to
1: using Superman with Supergirl. You you kind of had to... You have
0: to pull back because it takes away too much of the other yes, characters.
1: Yes, you had to give Supergirl a chance to become her own character before even introducing Superman into the mix. And even once they brought Superman into the mix, it hasn't been overly done. It's been it touches here and there, and then pull pull back the reins and let Kara take the lead again. And now Titans is doing the same thing. They're letting Dick become his own character, focusing on him, with the teases of of Bruce Wayne and Batman. We're seeing him brought in sort of by the end of this season. And then probably in the season two they're gonna pull back the reins again. And I would not be surprised though if in season
0: two we actually get Batman.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we see it. But I, but because I think they you know, will
0: have enough time to to let this character grow on his own before they say, here's Batman that. But I
1: think even when Batman is introduced, he's not going to be the focus of the series. No. Dick is still going to be the focus of the series with occasional Bruce Wayne Batman appearances. Right. It right. just to drive the story forward a little bit
0: more. Yeah. yeah. No, I thoroughly agree. Um, you know, we do see by the end of episode three, because we're pretty much I would say just about wrapped up. We, yeah. With yeah, the exception yeah, yeah. talking about it, a little bit about the nuclear family. Uh, but talking about our main heroes, though we do see Rachel locked up in the uh, the convent at the end of the episode, and kind of embracing uh, Trigon mm-hmm. uh, at the end of it, and blowing up half of the convent and running into the woods, and you can see that's where she's going to meet up with Garfield. Oh yeah, because that's where we first see him at the end of episode one. Well, in I think Chicago. it's even,
1: I think it's even in the teaser at the end of that episode.
0: Oh, I actually didn't watch the TV. Okay, movie, you so, stop at the credits. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we know, I, that's where I, I just assume because we see him in the woods at the end of episode one, that's more than likely where he's hiding now.
1: I think so. we're going to get more of him into, into episode four. And I think even rightfully so because episode four is Doom Patrol. Yeah. So most definitely, we so, could see some more tie-ins there. Um, just to wrap things up, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the nuclear family. Um, this is a group of people who I thought was really odd in the beginning. And then by the we get introduced to them in episode Two by the end of episode three, um, as weird and as odd as they are, I really end up liking them as villains. I really do.
0: There's they're just so unsettling, yes. It's that Stepford,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's they're very, very Stepford, it's creepy, yeah, to the point where okay, and it's not just creepy and to the point where because of the Stepford element of it, but they're legit dangerous. I mean, they're taking some kind of drug that amplifies their skill or their abilities or whatever it is. Um, and they're trained assassins. Yeah. Which is downright frightening. Yeah. But the- but you add on that they are this 1940s, 1950s family living in a modern-day era that is just. It, it just it, it it it's creepy, but I love it at the same yeah, time.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think it was fantastic. I was really very enjoying their characters, and even like you know, after the you know the dad is burned up from, yeah. Corey, they're like, well, I guess who wants a new father? Basically, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> that they they pretend to be a family for the sake of appearances, but... right?
0: And we find out that they're they're basically the person that hired them is using them as kind of. They're hitmen, essentially, yeah. um, is trying to allow Trigon to come into the universe. And we do and we did mention this in when we did our review of episode one, that there's this entire organization that's trying to kill Rachel because they know of the prophecy. So it's kind of interesting to see her stuck in the middle. Yeah. Where they have a group of people that are trying to prevent the end of the world, and then we have a group that's trying to make sure she embraces Trigon and allows that doorway to open. And then we see obviously near the very end of episode three when she runs off to the woods and we cut back to, you know, Corey and Dick, that Corey is pretty much to this prophecy and they talk about this a lot more and that's why she came to Earth to kind of stop it. Yeah, So
1: yeah, exactly. Because exactly. the
0: ramifications for kind of the galaxy. Yeah.
1: But you know what? I mean, we're only three episodes in. We haven't really gotten a lot. It's been more just origins and introductions to these characters. But just in the three episodes that we've gotten, I can't wait to finish the series, to finish the season.
0: Yeah, I'm um, having fun watching. I'm, I'm really very very happy and very surprised and really blown away with the quality of the writing, the acting, the set design, the costuming, caution, everything everything yeah. so far has been really through the roof. Um and I love for the most part a lot of these are unknown actors with the you know with the exception of pretty much Britton Thwaites. Well, I'm um, thinking
1: Kelly as the one. But I mean, like, it's very established.
0: I mean, but again, it's for, the, for a lot of people, the, there are a lot of faces that a lot of people are not going to be as familiar with. Yeah. And I think this is a great project for so many of them because I think this is going to draw a lot of attention to these people because I think they deserve it. They're doing a really great job. So kudos to DC on their very first streaming because uh, this has got the energy that season one of Daredevil and Jessica Jones and all had. Mm-hmm. Um and if they can keep it up, I think they have a win. They they definitely have a winner on their hands. And if
1: if the future of the DC streaming universe when it comes to Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol, if if it's of this caliber of everything, uh, it, there's no question in my mind. There's a long future when it comes to this. And this when we stop
0: shows. talking about the Arrowverse, that means this show can continue. Yep, exactly. Because I'm still thinking that's going to be the case after I, next year. I right.
1: think after Crisis on Infinite Earth, I think we might be shifting to streaming because there might be more more potential with the streaming than there is with the Hourverse currently. Yeah, so we'll see. I still love the Hourverse, but we'll see how things are shaping up next year. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears before we get into news and we wrap things up. We're going to talk a little bit about, more about Aquaman. Uh, we did do that spoiler-full podcast that we we posted earlier.
0: Today is actually oh, it was a, it was day seven for us since post-seeing it. Uh, day seven for us, but it's only day two of release. So...
1: We still can't spoil anything. Uh, that's what. That's why we did the spoiler and even full our sp- one.
0: Our spoiler full. I will say this. I don't think it had a lot. We we were very minimal on our spoilers. Yeah, very very minimal. Uh, and and I did check the numbers. We did get a good amount of people that listened to it.
1: So, um, you know, we we recorded it on a Tuesday night. We were initially going to record it on Monday, post it on Tuesday. We recorded it on Tuesday. I don't know we didn't because
0: God damn, it was cold after we got out. Of I know. The <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. So well, we would have just sat in our car and, right. and recorded it there. But, um, you know, it's it's I'm glad and we didn't post it until Thursday because we wanted to give people the opportunity to actually see the movie before getting to listen to it. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it now. We're not going to do any spoilers this time it's, it, because we know it is, again, by the time we're recording this, only the second day since release. We know with Christmas and everything, not everybody has an opportunity to get to theaters to see it. So we're we're gonna save it, and then we just encourage you that once you do get the opportunity to see it, go back and listen to our spoiler full.
0: Well, we're, podcast. we we, we talked for a good forty minutes.
1: Yeah, so and we had our friend Craig Lagans join us yep. for that as well, uh, who actually was in attendance at the screening with us when mm-hmm. we went. So as of right now, it is Sunday morning when we're recording. As of Saturday night, last night, um, two days, the movie's grossed fifty million dollars domestically, fifty point seven,
0: which is fantastic. It's which a is great. That's a great up to Friday night. That's not including... It's big I said, yeah, that
1: doesn't even include last night, Saturday night. That's just through Friday.
0: And not to mention, too, it's probably going to do gangbusters between New Year- or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, you know, movies that usually get Christmas releases do fantastically. Yeah. And I have a feeling there's not a Star Wars movie to get in the way.
1: Um, there's, um, there's not a Star Wars movie to get in the way, but there are a couple contenders. Uh, Mary Poppins is a big family movie for Christmas. Th-
0: that is, and I think, you know... I'm I'm curious to see how Bumblebee does in the theater because I know there's a lot of people that are kind of disregarding that one. Um, And
1: and I will tell you right now, as somebody who has seen it twice, don't. It is a fantastic movie. Um, But but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is also currently in theaters right now, which is another phenomenal movie in theaters right now. I've had an opportunity to see not only Aquaman, but I've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Bumblebee. All three of them are contenders to be great films in theaters right now. Yeah. But they all cater to well, Spider-Man and Aquaman not necessarily. They're in the, same, uni- the, the yeah. same the same vein. Um, I mean, you're you're getting pop culture movies when it comes to superheroes or transformers. So it's, you know, um but yeah, I mean, a 50 million 50.7 million dollar take on a by Friday night that includes the um the Amazon screening earlier in the week or that was the actually the end of last week. End of last week, week. yeah. Uh, so that it would include that and then the Thursday night into Friday night takes for the film. Three days is not bad for $50.7 million. No, no. That's, that's a- just domestic. I think internationally it's made over $380 million.
0: Yeah, it's, it's doing incredibly well. Yes. Um, this is one of those ones I think that DC is going to see a really good success with um and hopefully it has a nice long tail so we'll, we'll see that play out probably but i think definitely releasing around the holidays was the right move. yeah i agree uh, um i will say this too uh, if you have the opportunity to see it in imax oh do it um imax it is stunning yes um it is absolutely stunning in imax and even our seats weren't that great we were kind of still sitting in at that angle i think if we even had better seats man it would yeah. have been gorgeous um i actually have even been hearing good things about 3d for this too
1: And you know what? I'm I'm touchy when it comes to 3D. I'm not usually a big 3D fan. I'm not a big 3D fan either. It depends on the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will give it a shot. But this might be one I would, after seeing it on IMAX, I might give a shot watching in 3D.
0: Yeah. Um, Like I said, I I was very pleasantly surprised with how great this movie really was. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect. And this was one that had, I think DC had to have a good movie. Um, And I think they achieved that. I think they definitely achieved a good movie. I do, too. Um, I, I really do. and I, we, we were So many people were concerned. And I think one of the things that's really surprising in this, and again, this is slightly spoilery, but not really. Uh, if you're looking for connections to the greater DC universe, it's not here. I can tell you that now. There's, you're, you're there's
1: not, literally one line.
0: And I'll even tell you what it is. They mention the fact that he fought Steppenwolf. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's all there, you get. There is no mention of Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. There's Flash. No, Flash, Cyborg, Darkseid. Anything that is all not... Wolf
1: ex- is the only tie and it's in one line of dialogue and that's right. it.
0: And it, this is very much a sequel appearance that we do also get Arthur's origin. We also get Atlantis's origin. Uh, and while that is a little exposition-y at times, I do think it also worked. But I also think it was very important. Well, uh, and that's the thing. Very, we very important.
1: We mentioned that in the other podcast yeah. that we did about this. And that, you know, our, our friend Craig said that he he did think that one of the downsides of the movie was it does explain a lot. But again, this is an origin story. I think it needed to be said.
0: And I will say this too. Even the stuff that they did that was expositioning was still enjoyable. Yes. And that's sometimes where a lot of the origin stories can falter. Especially if you're really familiar with the character. I think the thing is, for a lot of people, a lot of people aren't familiar with the character. Yeah, so and the,
1: I, the only familiarity familiarity that you have with the character is from like is what Just, you've seen in Justice League already, and like made, Super Friends and the, the animated, animated series. series,
0: animated series like Justice League and such, where you see a very dour Aquaman, yeah. and things like that. So it's again, we do see all these little pieces, um, but if you didn't follow those things, you're lost. You're not going to know anything about this character. Uh, but I love the fact that this movie came in and he is, a, he is established as Aquaman. The world knows him as Aquaman, which is great. I think that's a really smart move. Um, well, they they know that Aquaman exists. Yes.
1: They don't know of Arthur Curry as Aquaman unless you are in that area where he lives. In Amnesty Bay. In Amnesty Bay, they know of Arthur Curry as Aquaman. And there's an amazing scene
0: in the beginning for folks. <laughs> that I forgot about that scene,
1: too. Which was it.
0: really beautiful yeah. and really fun. Um, and that's the one thing, again, I will really state in this. This movie is very fun. It's a lot of fun and also touching in very moments. And I mean, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It never takes itself too seriously. And
1: one of the things that we didn't really talk a lot about in the in the spoiler in the spoiler show that we did before is we didn't really bring up the story of Arthur's father and Arthur's mother, which they explore very much in this movie too. Which is really without going into too much detail, it's touching. It's very touching.
0: It felt like no like, like oddly enough, it reminded me a little bit of Splash.
1: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, because you consider the movies that we've had so far, um, you know, Diana didn't really have... She had a mother. She, there was no father. Bruce had parents that were killed. Um, Clark had a father who was killed. This is the first time we're seeing a happy family, at least a, a, an element of a happy family, there's is a the backstory fairy, there, of a character.
0: Again, we, I mentioned this in the other review. There's a lot of fairy tale elements to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that classic hero's quest, hero's journey... Honestly, there's a little, there's a lot of Arthur, like the uh, the legend of our, like you know, King Arthur in this too. There kind of is, yeah. I think down that to made like it. almost the Sword in the Stone esque moment in yeah. this movie. And so there's a lot of the, that DNA all across this movie that I think is what makes it so much fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, and you know that fun idea of that looming war that is between not only the people of Atlantis but potentially Atlantis and the world. All these little things are, are built up there, and I think this movie's got a high chance of a sequel. I really oh, do. Oh,
1: I think the sequel is probably already currently in the works. I hope so. I think it's already probably I, in the popcorn. And I can tell
0: you this, I want James Wan to do it, too. Yeah. I, I really I, I really want him to come back to be the one to do it. Cause. I
1: want to see all these characters come back. I mean, uh-huh. obviously, you're not going to get the same success without Momoa, and I'd even say Amber Heard has to come back as well. Um, and
0: actually, Dafoe. Uh, Will oh. Defoe was really fun in this. Yeah. He was a really because we're so used to seeing him with, with the exception of a couple of things, we always see him play the bad guy, and there's there was a feeling that this movie was setting him up as a bad guy. Yeah, I kind of got that too. And and I'm really happy that he doesn't. Like he's no, he's just a good guy. Um and I really loved him in in that kind of vizier kind of role. Like that the was, mentor. And he was yeah. the mentor, like he was a person that cared about Arthur and his Arthur's life. And it was he worked really well in this film. Like he he was a great Great and, character. And I
1: don't necessarily think it's the movie kind of making you think it's a bad guy. I think you're just so used to seeing him portray yeah. that characters that you automatically assume he's going to end up being yeah. the bad guy. And, yeah. and it's nice that he wasn't for a change.
0: And honestly, too, another two actors that we didn't really... We, we talked about Patrick Wilson, but uh, Dolph Lundgren was really fun yes. in this, too. Um, and it's so weird seeing Dolph Lundgren as a ginger.
1: <laughs> Not only that, but... Um, you know, so many people are so used to seeing Dolph Lundgren as as uh, you know the the Russian boxer in Rocky IV that when you see him outside of that role speaking perfect English, you tend to forget he's not really Russian. Like he he can speak perfect English, and if you look into anything into like his actual real life story. The guy is really intelligent. Like, he's oh. like super intelligent.
0: Well, this was kind of cool, though, because this was his second DC role. We saw him last year as Constantine Kovar in Arrow. So it was That's really right. cool to see him now He's
1: embracing to- getting into these kind of roles.
0: And it, this was a cool fit for him. I loved seeing him as Nereus in this, as, yeah. as one of the kings of Atlantis.
1: Do you know it wasn't until later on into Aquaman that it really clicked that, the reason why there are seven kingdoms bits seven kingdoms is because there are seven seas.
0: <laughs> you missed that?
1: <laughs> I, it took me about a good third of the movie for that to click
0: in, um, in my head. But on uh, two really cool vocal cameos we hear in this movie. One of them is somebody that many people are familiar with, which is John Reese Davies, who was obviously Sala, and uh in the classic Indiana Jones flicks, we obviously we know him as Gimli and mm-hmm. uh Lord of the Rings and such, uh, and also as Treebeard in, in Lord of the Rings. But uh, yeah, we see him play a small role here as uh, the king of uh, the, the Brian king. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also see Julie Andrews have a role, and I'm not going to mention who she is because I want people to try. No, because I
1: of. didn't even think of it until you brought it up to me.
0: But Julie Andrews, uh, Mary Poppins, who you know, like I said, is having a, is her return to screen this yes. this, this same weekend. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool that DC is like, you know what? You may have Emily Blunt. We have Julie Andrews.
1: <laughs> we have the real Mary Poppins so. in our movie.
0: Uh, but it was cool. It was really... It's it's a lot of fun. Um, and it was a nice... That's a cool way to shake up the formula because the character that she plays normally you would expect yeah. a big, booming man, man's voice. And I'm like, they went a different way with it. And I thought that was really awesome because it worked really yeah. well.
1: It It's, uh, you know, looking at the movie as a whole... Uh, we've been overly critical when it comes to the DC films and I know a lot of critics are being the same way. Well,
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't it, say we've been overly we, critical. Not, well, I mean... Um, you and I both walked away enjoying Justice League. Yes. We said Justice League was a was an enjoyable movie. And I think
1: we both enjoyed Suicide Squad. And we both well. enjoyed Suicide yeah.
0: Squad but we both gave them, I think, both heroes. Yeah. Um, I don't believe we gave Justice League a legend. I think we gave them both heroes. I
1: think we gave them both heroes. I think this is the first DC film that's getting in legend territory for us. Um, um next to Wonder Woman.
0: Well, Wonder Woman. Wonder
1: Woman got a legend as well. Now
0: here's my question. And it's for... possible actually we may have given Justice League an eight. I may have. I'll we'll have to go back and check. I can't remember. But I will say my score if I were to look at Justice League now, I'd probably slip it down to a seven or a seven five. Very fun movie. But I Hi, like hero. It's... Yeah, but yeah. I I will say this here this one will not go down from an 8. In Here's Indiana. my
1: question for you pertaining to that. Um, you had a score that you gave it when we left the movie on Monday. Letting it settle from Monday into Tuesday, the score went up slightly. It's been a couple days. You've you've had a couple more days to sit and think about it. I know the score hasn't gone down, hasn't remained the same, or hasn't gained maybe a potential
0: part point or two. I will actually say, I think it's going to stay in 8. Okay. But my brain was like, maybe it's an eight five Because okay. I've been thinking about it a lot. A yeah. lot more than I thought I would be thinking about it. Because when I left the theater, I was kind of like, huh. I'm like, okay. Because I think there was a part of me that was expecting this to continue the story a little bit of the DC universe. And that wasn't there. And I think that there was a part of my mind that was kind of surprised that that didn't exist. But I'm also not as familiar with Aquaman. And I think it's also kind of a
1: smart idea that they didn't. And I'm really if, happy that they did. If they decide not to continue with that universe, you know, with the Justice League Two or Man of Steel Two, you don't have those connections now with Aquaman. You can now franchise Aquaman into further films without having to worry about what you did with that connect with the connection you established in the first movie. With no establishment in the first movie, you can now continue this franchise without ever having bringing any of the other DC Universe into it. Aquaman could be its own franchise with no connection to the rest of the DC Universe now and continue forward because it is a successful film.
0: Yes. And, I, you know, like I said, I think for me, uh, also, when I left the theater, I think my mind was a little irritated because there were people making comments about the film that I thought were very unwarranted. Okay. And I needed to kind of... I was forming my own opinion, and I felt like that was sullying that a little bit. Okay. So I needed to need to have some to, time to to really yeah. think on it.
1: And I, I think it merits a second viewing. I think
0: I I thoroughly do. I'm really looking forward to seeing it a second time. Yeah, I am too. Um, I, it's one of those movies that I think, all in all, DC was finding itself after, near the end of the Justice League movie, and we said if they could take that and make a whole film that felt. Like those last few moments where we, there was that light lightness to mm-hmm. to that universe, that they'd succeed. I think they succeeded. Yeah. I did too. I really did. Yeah. I think they found what they needed to find. They were still in, no pun intended, kind of rough waters a little bit in some of the moments of Aquaman. Because you can still see, you know, Walter Hamada came in. We saw a shift in producers for the, the DC projects while that movie was being made. All these things. We kept seeing these massive upheavals at Warner Brothers because... They, the, let's be honest. They're having a hard time right now, in, in general, just in, in, at a whole at Warner Brothers.
1: Oh yeah, not just with the DC franchise. No, I mean, like we we saw Fantastic Beasts. We saw, saw Fantastic Beasts Beast Two,
0: was not very well crit- critically liked. No, so I think it's so, and, that and that a lot was, of audience yeah. members did not like it. And I think they're trying to they're trying to find movie magic again. And I think they had a lot of shifting to do to make it. Be what it needs to be. Yeah,
1: I think I think Godzilla could be a good potential upturn for them. I thought that's a legendary. Oh, it is legend, but I think it is Warner. Bros. Oh no, you're right. It is legendary. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: so, so yeah, never mind. I, I take it back. So I think I think in all in all, Warner Brothers has some work to do as a studio, but I think their DC projects are starting to. Work again, yeah, and I think that's really the case. Because
1: Aquaman doesn't seem like it was it was tarnished or affected by a lot of these things that were going on as with the with them as a studio, correct. which is good. It, none of it reflected in the movie.
0: Yeah, and I think they I think they really did succeed, and I think uh, the studio politics really didn't in, impact anything in this film. This felt like they really looked at James Wan and said, "You seem like you have an idea of what you want to do with this. Go ahead and make that." Movie. And I
1: hope I hope if they do a sequel and James Wan is attached, that's that's how they look at it is in like, okay, we trust what you did with the first one. you had now have the freedom to do the second
0: one. Yeah, I mean, like I said if the best way I could put it is when you watch this movie, you believe a man can talk to fish. <laughs> All
1: right, I can see that. I think that's a good place to end it too I think so. Um, all right, a couple not a lot of news stories, a couple things in the news, uh, so why don't you take
0: us through what there is? Okay, not too, too much, as we mentioned. Uh, we'll start on the TV side of things, and we'll start at Arrow. It uh, looks like there is a big rumor that Connor Hawk is coming back in uh, the back half of Season 7. Um, I can totally see it. And it makes all of the sense of the world. Again, take that with a grain of salt. We don't know that to be true. We haven't heard anything about it from the actor's perspective, if he is indeed coming back. Uh, so, big wait and see, but we'll find out, probably, I would assume, two months. If
1: more that. More than likely. Like, yeah.
0: So. Um, jumping into a little bit more Arrow stuff, it sounds like uh, the 13th episode of Season 7, they teased, uh, you know, Beth Schwartz, I think, showed a copy of the actual first page of the script mm-hmm. that usually has the title and they actually have an arrow laying over the title so I guess they're keeping that hush hush in secret so it's a big wait and see on what that's going to be but we did find out that the 150th episode is meant to be a lot of fun and really like light and enjoyable so kind of curious what they're doing there
1: they're bringing the flash over
0: yeah the flash writers are taking <laughs> back over
1: I know a lot of people you know, a couple, there's a couple listeners I know like in particular Anne, and and are going to like that comment
0: sorry <laughs> um, but no, like I said, they, apparently they did say it's it's meant to be a lot of fun uh, and a lot more upbeat. Good. So um, makes you wonder if the show is changing. Diana I, and I a think
1: bit. after Elseworlds, it, it I think it, it might.
0: could. It very well might. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with that. So um, a little bit from Job Wesley Ship, he did say, um, you know, and he was kind of teasing. There's a lot more '90s Flash on the way. Um, yeah, I love it, and uh, it makes you wonder if that means we're going to maybe see another appearance this season. It's possible. Uh, it's very possible. But I think this might be more towards next year. Yeah. I think it's the fact that I think John's John's role in the show this year might be done. Uh, maybe we'll see him suit back up as uh, you Jay, know, Jay Garrick. It's a very big possibility. It's possible we could see his version of Barry Allen again. I, I think we could see both. I mean, we could. We very well could. Oh,
1: Jay Garrick and 90s, Al, 90s Flash face-to-face. Could you imagine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be pretty cool. John gets to interact with himself. So it's a big wait and see, but again, I'm pretty sure that means for next year. But if we see him again this year, I don't think anybody's going to argue it. Um, jumping into some DC Universe stuff, we've got a little bit more on Stargirl. Um, a couple casting uh, pieces that did just happen. So we found out a little bit about our villains right now. So we did find out um, quite a few characters specifically, actually, more than I think a lot of us kind of anticipated. And uh, the way that they have this set up, we'll just, I'm going to give you the actors' names. So Joy Omansky, Neil Hopkins, and, and Nelson Lee have all been cast so Omanski, she is actually going to be playing Tigress uh, classic uh, Injustice Gang villain so uh, we're going to see her kind of make her, her first appearance she was originally when she came into the comics way way back then she was from I think the late 40s uh, her original name was Huntress which uh, quickly changed so <laughs> Um, so we're going to see that, but she is kind of a big foe of Wildcat, I think is the way that they're billing her for Stargirl. Uh, we also know that Hawkins, uh, uh, who is going to be playing Lawrence Crock a.k.a. Uh, Lawrence Crusher, a.k.a. Sportsmaster. Uh, so anybody that is a big fan of uh, the character from Young Justice, we're going to see him make his appearance on the big screen. That'd so. be really cool. So uh and also last but not least, Lee is gonna be playing uh Mulan uh he was also from uh the upcoming Mulan film, uh but he was also in the Blade uh TV series as well, I believe. Uh he's gonna be playing the Dragon King, so he's another classic villain from the forties, so another JSA villain. So uh they're they're playing up with some of these classic ideas here, and I think that's a Stargirl, right it's
1: really shaping up so. to be Something pretty cool.
0: So, yeah. But like I said, I know, like I said, Lee's, Lee's about to make a big screen appearance in Milan. So I know a lot of people are, are expecting him. I know Hopkins was from uh, Matador and Lost. And then Omansky uh, was from the Santa Clarita Diet. Um, Lucifer and I zombie. So. Now,
1: do we think these are going to be modern day versions of these characters? Or is Girl going to take place back in that time period?
0: It could. It very well could. We don't know much about that yet. Yeah. We don't know when this takes place. We do know, like we mentioned, we're going to be seeing Our Man. We're, we're seeing... You Which know, is JSA Star-
1: characters, so... Starman,
0: Wildcat, so far. I, I think um, it could be a time. I think it could be a period piece. It's very, very possible. I mean, one of the things we also found out, too, we don't have casting on who's playing this character. It sounds like Stripe is going to be in this as well, who is um, Courtney Whitmore's um, stepfather. Okay. Who ends up being a hero to kind of watch over his stepdaughter. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like Stripe has been pretty much confirmed to be a character as well. So we're going to find out a lot more about this soon, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, speaking of the DC Universe as well, we also got our first teaser of the Doom Patrol. And it looks kind so of good. like they did a little holiday Christmas card. <laughs> yes. Um, so we did see also, in addition to that, we saw the first shots of Vic Stone, uh, aka Cyborg, and they did do character posters that had these vintage y looks where we were introduced to seeing Matt Bomber as, you know, a negative man. We saw Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. We saw, uh, I can't remember, the other Alasta uh, woman who originally was Elastigirl in the comics, but. Disney, so they changed it. Yes. And uh, Crazy Jane was the other character as well. So, um, so yeah, we have our roster. And then, obviously, we have uh, Timothy Dalton coming in as Dr. Niles Calder, a.k.a. The Chief. But uh, the trailer's fantastic. As it had a great laugh, a lot of humor to it. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to next week when we talk Titans because we're going to have a little bit of an idea of how they're going to portray these characters. Granted, when the show kicks off, it'll be all new actors. With the exception, with the exception, uh, with the exception of Show A Last yeah. Woman, I believe, is the only one. Uh, but again, uh Doom Patrol's just a couple weeks away. It's it's gonna be launching in February. I think it's February fifteenth. Is it so it's
1: launching shortly after uh, Young Justice. Correct. Okay. Right
0: after Young Justice, um, Doom Patrol kicks off February 15th. So is
1: Young Justice going to run and then Doom Patrol, or is Doom Patrol and Young Justice going to run concurrent?
0: They may run concurrent. Okay. I'm not sure. So I think from what we know, that's the only show that we know that may be running concurrently. Okay. Um, Titan Season 2 it was also apparently reported to start filming in February as well. So it um, sounds like they're they're gearing up for their Season 2 when they said they've already had plans for it since yeah. when they knew it, it got how. it got
1: it got renewed before the season 1 had even premiered
0: right yeah. so there was a lot of people kind of pumped uh we mentioned earlier too as i stated uh Mio talking about aquaman uh you know and, and a few things young justice has got some fun aquaman stuff coming so keep your eyes peeled for when that comes out in january you may be very excited yeah, don't want to say don't want to say too much uh so be be excited is what i can say uh, regarding aquaman um, jumping into a little bit of new movie news. We only have two little stories to wrap up. Uh, Ava DuVernay uh, has been teasing some new God stuff. We do know that she is going to be tackling that project for DC and Warner Brothers. Uh, we did see a quick shot released on, I believe it was her Twitter where we see a shot of Orion. Uh, we do see Mr. Miracle, uh, big Barda, another classic high father, Metron. And I believe there's one other one uh, hiding in that image. I think it was, um, let's see if I can find it. I hate doing this on the (laughs) podcast, but um, I think that was everybody. I think it was maybe Light Ray or something like that. Yeah, uh, Light Ray was the other one that was hiding in there. I'm
1: not too familiar with the New Gods. Um,
0: Again, it's classic Jack Kirby stories. He was the creator of Dark Side. Um, So this is the New Gods, which are uh, from... Oh, my God. My brain's not working. (laughs) New Genesis. Uh, The New Gods of New Genesis versus... Uh, apocalypse. That's where that whole world kind of okay. starts. So it's the creation of DC's big bad and how that portrays. So we might even see. I would not be surprised if we see Dark Side in this series. Um, it would be probably most is, likely. Is this going to be a, a DC series? It's a movie. As a movie, okay. A movie. So I would see. I would say this is probably where we're going to be introduced to Dark Side. I'll right?
1: have to familiarize myself with this. Before, so. the, before the movie hits.
0: And uh, actually, uh, we don't even have the last story because I mentioned um, Aquaman's uh, financials. And you already went over that earlier. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It Doing was a, really it was a, a small, small week as far as new stuff. But um, pretty much, I think Aquaman is going to keep that conversation rolling for a little while. Yeah. I can see that as well.
1: Uh, all right. So, yeah. So, this is... Um, no, we still have one more episode before the end of the year. Yeah, we have one more episode before the end of 2000. It's our second to last episode before 2020, 2019. Yeah. Because we have one more next it's, week. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, because uh, this is uh, posting on Christmas Eve. We have one more posting on New Year's Eve. So it might be the last time you hear us in 2018, but it's not the last episode we're posting right. in 2018.
0: Um, we are, like I said, the next episode will be four episodes of Titans. Four episodes of Titans. It. That's it. And, yep. So expect shorter episodes for the next seven. couple weeks. And, and I think we're going to take a break. After, I believe we're gonna still release something. It might just be, uh,
1: yeah. If there's any DC news, we'll still release something with the news. And it may have
0: just been, ben, it may just be Ben or it may just be me. We, we might try to take a couple of weeks off before the shows come back.
1: Yeah, but I, we'll think, still be releasing I think it's a good public. idea. Uh, we'll still release something, whether it be like a panel uh, from one of the cons or anything like that. We'll, we'll post something for you guys to hear. Uh, we might not hear necessarily as much of us because we're gonna take. A little bit of a break because once these shows come back, it's it's full swing for a couple months yeah. and we may not have another opportunity until the summer to take a break. So yeah. we're going to take advantage of the situation, take a little bit of a break after the holidays and after we do- we're done wrapping up with Titans and – then once our reverse jumps back in, in in January, we'll uh, we'll jump back in everything full yeah.
0: swing. Well, I think we may only get one week break anyway, and that's it. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, but it's all good. Maybe what we'll do is maybe next week, maybe on Sunday, we'll record all of Titans. Maybe. We'll figure it's it out. It's possible. And yeah. then we'll give ourselves a couple of because,
1: there, because there's nothing to watch this week with the exception of Titans yep. and just catching up on stuff because everything's on break right now. So, hey, man. It'd be a good opportunity to just binge watch the rest of the Titans and knock it out and take one or two weeks off. So we'll see. We'll yeah. we'll figure it out as the uh, the week progresses. Um, but there were a number of ways, obviously, our uh, cheap plugs. We want to get them out of the way. You can cut. You can. Oh, um, do you have any recommendation? Um, you know what? I mentioned those three movies that are in theaters right now. Aquaman, obviously, being the one that we highly recommend you go check out. Uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse is absolutely fantastic. It is, without a doubt, after having seen it once,
0: um... Everybody's saying the best Spider-Man movie. It is
1: the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen, and that includes Homecoming. And I loved Homecoming. So, uh, this is... It's very different in the other Spider-Man movies that you've seen. The animation is gorgeous. The characters are fantastic. Uh, so, whether it be Aquaman, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, or, as I mentioned before, Bumblebee. Bumblebee is what... Every Transformers movie should have been
0: and should be going forward. And I'm hearing good things about Mary Poppins Returns. I still need to see that. So, um, for me, actually, um, I'm going to give a small screen recommendation. It's a Marvel recommendation. Okay. Um, Well, also, I'm going to say go see Aquaman because it was really enjoyable. Um, But I will say um, give Runaways a shot. If you haven't checked it out, it's on Hulu. Um, Season 2 just started. We haven't watched any of Season 2 yet, but um, I just watched Season 1. Really fun, really enjoyable. If you like Riverdale. This has a little bit of that that um, that feeling. it has that mystery vibe that runs through it. And uh, they do a great job. It's a really fun comic that only got a couple volumes from Marvel years ago. Um, but that was a really great book that was very different. And uh, I would definitely say they they really succeeded in translating that to the small screen very, very well. So really, really fun, fun show, very fun project. Give it a shot.
1: Nice. Uh, all right, now we'll do the cheap lugs. Uh you can find me on this podcast as well as all, all, all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, Facebook.com slash next level radio online. Uh, the Facebook page for this podcast, uh, give us a like if you don't already, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, We want to hear your feedback after you get the opportunity to see Aquaman. And we want your feedback on Titans as well. Uh, So you can leave that either by messaging us on Facebook or by sending us an email at DCPrimeTime at NextLevelRadioOnline.com. Uh, and last but not least, for my end, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DC Primers.
0: And as for me, you can always find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through the Captain Crew cast of Pods. The last episode went up. That was our 2018 year in review, Mel Brooks Spectacular. Was uh, it was a time. fun episode. It was a good, it was a long episode, too. It was like two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really great episode. Um, we'll be back in January, the end of January, with a new episode. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that will be yet, but we'll probably start planning soon. <laughs> Um, beyond that though uh, I think our music came from a different source this week this came from Intense Um, we've used this stuff I think once or twice in the past Um, not quite as often as usual though but uh, man oh man I love this remix for for Titans for Titans yeah
1: it's it's a really good one you're the one that introduced me to it too so uh, special thanks uh, to and you can check him out on YouTube Uh, we'll link his YouTube page on our our Facebook page Yeah, so you can check out all the remixes that he has done for too. But other than that, obviously this is Christmas Eve by the time you're hearing this, if not afterwards, so we want to uh, just wish everybody out there, if you celebrate a Merry Christmas, They're not, happy, happy, holidays. Monica, happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate, if you celebrate, we want to wish you the happiest of it. Uh, enjoy the time with your family, your friends, and everything else that goes with it, and until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care.
0: Peace!